0: you're listening to the volleyball by design podcast today we're going to talk about tryouts and I'm gonna hopefully give you a pretty good guide for coaches to you know manage and conduct tryouts try to make it efficient and I'll give you some some of the ideas that I've gotten over the last 17 years running tryouts and things that I think will help um, all coaches I know right now we're in the we're in the stages of planning tryouts many teams are having their tryouts right now and I know in, in August and September um, there's gonna be a ton of more tryouts to go so coaches, is an opportunity to sit back, uh, take some notes, and hopefully get some ideas that you can take back to your tryout to make it a little more efficient and run smoothly. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 162 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? We got another week of volleyball. We are getting towards the end of July. That's crazy. I can't believe that the offseason well my offseason at least is about halfway done. What a What's crazy? I I I enjoy off season actually. Off is a fun a fun time for me because it it gives me a chance to really dial in and work with coaches one on one or sorry, players one on one. We had a session last week where I think there was like five or six athletes that showed up because off season sessions aren't mandatory. You know, everyone has you know, it's summertime, people go on vacation and things like that. So um, it's not mandatory, but obviously if you're available, you you come to it because it's it's scheduled at a certain time of week. Anyways, we had five or six athletes come through. And you know me; I'm all about measurable feedback and tracking certain things. So we uh, we were working on on defense. The, the entire practice was predominantly revolving around defense. And for an hour and a half, we did so many different dig variations. We worked on uh, you know chasing balls, digging balls, reading seams, reading the attacker, getting the ball up, and 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 having just just training the intention of defense and defense in general. And I think. We were clocking it. We we could we lost track because it was just me running the practice that day, and every athlete dug a minimum of one hundred and fifty balls. Isn't that crazy? One hundred and fifty balls minimum. We stopped tracking because we, I lost track of my count and, and how it was, you know, how I was doing it. But anyways, one hundred and fifty balls, and it was it was incredible. They got a lot of great touches. So that's why you know that's that's the one thing about an off season that I love, and it, it's it's this is a little off topic here, but. You know something that you may want to consider tracking in the off season, even in the regular season, is you know the amount of jumps, the amount of digs that, or the amount of ball passes that your athletes are going through each practice. So you know if you need to ramp it up, where where we're, or get a good baseline to start in the regular season. You know we we track our passing, for example and we make sure that we are tracking our passing every practice. So at the end of every practice, I know exactly the amount of balls that our, our players have passed. I may miss one or two, but we have a good indication of, of, the, of the amount of balls. And that data is valuable because every practice that goes forth, I know that I wanna to try to maintain that number or, or make it better, or, and if I notice that we're dropping off, I can address it. I know that in future upcoming practices, I have a great baseline to know we have we normally pass this, this amount of balls in practice, we want to stay within that that realm. So, anyways, it's it's just a little off topic there. But it's good to know to track your your things like that, so you can you know ultimately uh, develop your athletes. That's that's what it's all about. So today I'm going to talk about you know conducting and managing tryouts. Now we I did an episode. Now I haven't I haven't talked about tryouts in a long time actually on the podcast. Uh, and one of our DVA members uh, suggested a live training. Inside DVA on tryouts. So if you are a DVA member, I actually did it tonight. So I did. We did a live training, which will be posted inside DVA uh, on on conducting and managing tryouts. And the last time I talked about tryouts was I think episode five, but that was back. You know, what was that? We're talking 2020. We're talking June of 2020 uh, when I when I did episode five, and that was. That, that was an episode that, it, it talks about the structure of tryouts, don't get me wrong, but it was also player and coach focused, which as you know, as of October of 2020, um, everything for me switched to volleyball coaches. So there's a little bit of player stuff in there. So if you're a volleyball player listening to this, then great, you could you could definitely um, take a listen to tryouts. But it was, it was episode four, yeah, July 13th, 2020, more than three years ago. Uh, I did that episode, so that's a, that's interesting. That's funny. Anyways, uh, so listen to that. I'll give you some insight. Um, but today I want to talk about uh, just how to conduct and manage tryouts, and this is going to be um, the, some main takeaways that I want to deliver to you, to my podcast listeners. And if you are a DVA member, um, I did an entire hour of live training on tryouts. I, I show I showed video. I I drew uh, I drew up you know some drills and things like that, and um, I really broke it down to to a science in that live training. So take a look at that. If you are not a DVA member and you'd like to be to get a hold of this training in addition to a ton of other trainings that I have inside DVA, um, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Links in the show notes, and you can find out more info there. And if you don't know what DVA is, which you probably do because you, you hear me talk about it all the time, it, DVA is my mentorship program for coaches where um, I basically work with coaches all over the world. And you know, where, whenever you join DVA, wherever you are in your coaching journey, We have a success path that will help you get to the next level in your coaching and deliver the right training that will suit you wherever you are. Um, And it's a very strategic approach that I've taken to help coaches get results, and it's been... And I think, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound arrogant, but it's it's been helping coaches get a ton of results and grow a lot faster than doing it on their own, for example. So it's a pretty cool. And you get access to me, um, ask me questions. You get access to our DVA uh, private community where you can reach out to other coaches and ask them questions. So it's a, it's a, it's a really great place to be if you're a coach and you want to, you know, take that next level in your coaching journey. So I'm going to share with you some, some of the key things that I mentioned tonight on my live training that I think are important for you to know. Um, and the first... Is going to be this thing that everyone, you've you've probably, if you've attended any of my free workshops, um, predominantly my efficient workshop, you know about tryout presentations. Now, tryout presentations, they are done probably by less than 5% of coaches in volleyball. Um, But it's so important. I can't stress how important a tryout presentation is. A tryout presentation, if you heard me talk about this before, no, just ignore it or listen to it. It's, It's going to be just a recap. A tryout presentation is a brief five to ten-minute presentation before tryouts. So, if your tryout starts at eight, you're gonna have this presentation at seven fifty. Or, you could have the presentation at eight and start your tryout at eight ten. Believe me, you're not gonna lose much. Uh, you're not gonna lose any kind of assessment time in t- ten minutes. Trust me. And what the tryout presentation is, it it provides an overview of the program and the commitments to the athletes. So the worst thing you can have is an athlete that tries out for your team. You're interested in this athlete. You like what they're doing. You have a conversation and say, hey, we want you on the team. You know, This is what our schedule is like. This is what the cost is. And then all of a sudden the athlete's like, ah, oh, you know what? I can't commit. Sorry. And you just wasted their time, your time, where you could have been you know, using your eyes on another athlete. So you don't want to do that. So what we do is we, in our gym, we take them up to a classroom. Or you can do this right outside the hallway in the gym. And for you club coaches, this is great for the parents to attend and listen to what you have to say as well. So you don't have to, you can, this is like a pre-parents meeting as well. You can avoid it during the parents meeting you're going to have before the season. And what you do is you lay out the foundation and commitment of your program. So you're going to say, this is what our practice schedule is. This is the tournaments that we're going to be entering. This is the commitment to be on this team. These are the expectations for all the athletes. This is the cost of the program if there's a cost. you know you're gonna lay it all. you You can address playing time, what the philosophy of playing time on the team is what the culture of the team is. And this doesn't take my presentations are anywhere between five to eight minutes. I, I put ten minutes max. It's very quick. And right off the bat, what's going to happen is you may find that some players don't even make their way to the gym because they know they can't commit to your schedule. Maybe they work Monday nights and you practice Monday nights. Well, if you only practice twice a week and they can't show up to Monday practices, then they're only attending 50% of your practices. That's a player that can't be on your team. They can't commit to your schedule. So you want to have this presentation. And what we find is we have it in the classroom upstairs, and we'll find that players won't even make their way to the gym. And we say, no problem. Thank you. For coming out, and I'd say this at the end of my presentation, thank you for coming out. If I don't see you in the gym, I wish you the best of luck in school and this year, et cetera. And that's it. So now that all the players in your gym, they're the ones that are actually going to be interested in trying out in, in playing for your team, unless they're shopping around, of course, you know, trying out for multiple teams, etc. So have a tryout presentation. It is super important. Okay, another thing that's that we, we talk about in the trial presentation as well is I, I, I give them a little bit of what we're looking for in terms of our athletes. So, you know, the, the two main things you're going to look for is skill set and athleticism. So skill set is, you know, can they, is, is, is the it's volleyball skills, you know, can they create a platform? Can they serve a ball? Can they, you know, can they do certain things? Uh, one thing I will uh, preface by saying is, and I've mentioned this before on the pod, there's a difference between a fundamental and a skill. Just want to make sure we understand that. A fundamental is their ability to create a platform. The skill would be passing. So in order to pass the ball, they have to have the fundamental of creating a platform. So one of the things that I want to make sure that coaches understand is you are assessing the fundamental just as much as you're assessing the skill. You know, I want to see an athlete have the fundamentals first because an athlete May not be able like on 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 the day of the of the trial, maybe they're having a really bad passing day, and maybe I don't know what's going on, but their fundamentals are flawless. Well, that's an athlete I want to take a second look at because I know they they have the ability to create a platform and things like that they're just maybe they're having a bad passing day. I don't know it happens just like Steph Curry has a bad shooting day. it happens, so we want to make sure that you know you look at the fundamentals and you assess it properly. Athleticism. When we talk about athleticism, we really just talk. We're just talking about uh, like your spike touch, your vertical jump, and your spike touch. That's really what we're talking about at the club level. You could you could look at wind, wingspan and height and things like that as well, but you, you want to make sure you're looking at block. Uh, sorry, spike touch, vertical jump. Um, obviously commitment from the players. Now, the one thing that I also want to address with tryouts, and I think this this trumps everything. And I could do an entire episode on this, but that is character. Character is more important than anything that you're gonna assess at a volleyball tryout. You could be LeBron James, but if your character doesn't fit our culture, you will not be on our team. And this is the hardest thing for a coach to do. The hardest thing, and I've seen this happen over and over again, is a coach sees a player try it for their team. They know that player is gonna be a starter. Their skill set is there, they're going to be a starter, they're gonna be an impact player on your team. But you know that their attitude is poor. They don't fit the culture of your team. Maybe some of the players don't get along with this player too on top of that. You know all this, but you say to yourself, I'm gonna change this. When this player is on my team, it will be different. They're gonna be in a different environment and we're gonna the truth is is no matter what you do, People, like players, they're who they are. You can only change so much, but you can't change exa- who they are. And if they're a problem on other teams and now they're trying out for your team, you better believe they're going to be a problem on your team. If the character isn't there, you can't take them on your team because it only takes one player, one player to be that poison in the locker room around the team to kill that morale that you work so hard to create. You don't want that. Okay, So just really, really big emphasis on that character piece because I think it's important. Okay, now we. Um, I want to talk a little bit about structure uh, in terms of your your tryouts. So things are gonna. You, you gotta you gotta decide a number of things here. Um, how many how many courts do you have? Let's start with that. Do you have one court? Do you have two courts? Okay, that's that's the thing. I I really recommend coaches having two courts unless you have like you know twelve to fifteen to twenty players trying out for your team. Then you don't need two courts. But if you got more than twenty. You want two courts, and the reason for that is because you want to be able to separate athletes into different skill levels, because a lot of times at tryouts, and coaches, many of you have had multiple tryouts before. You can probably relate to this. You, You have a variety of skill level in a tryout, and you don't want the skill level of an athlete who doesn't have a lot of experience, doesn't know the game, to be on the same court as an athlete who knows the game at a high level that's going to be on your team. Because then if you put those players together, those types of players together, you're not going to have a good six-on-six. Six. You're not going to have – it's just going to be error, 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 and then there's going to be no volleyball. So you want to separate the skill level from competitive to non-competitive, and that's why having two courts is great. Now, if you don't have two courts, you could also separate them into different groups when you do six-on-six, six, but we'll get to that in a sec. Okay. So that the, the two things that you have to be really careful of is the skill level of athletes – and the number of courts you're going to have, in addition to the number of athletes you're going to have. So if, again, like I said, if you have 20 athletes, no problem, one court's great. But if you have more than 20, you know, if you have 50, 60, maybe even 100, you know, two courts is, is what you want. And that way, you can assess their performance relative to their skill level. Because let's be let's be honest, when you have two courts, you're going to have a competitive and a non-competitive. The non-competitive court players are probably not going to make your team. But you have to separate the competitive so you can assess the competitive appropriately relative to their skill level. And hey, maybe you missed one. Maybe you you missed a, a player that has a skill level that should be on the competitive court, but you didn't see it until you started putting players over, and then you get to get a chance to see them. Okay. So the best assessment tool, and I, I mentioned it tonight in the live training actually, is the eye test. Your eyes are the best assessment tool possible. They you can see a player who knows what they're doing versus a player who doesn't know what they're doing. Or a player that has the fundamentals and skill set versus a player who doesn't. You can see that. Now, how well their skill level is relative to other players, you can't see until you group them with those players. You know, that's why I always, like when, when, when I get recruiting videos from players, and I'll get this player, he's dominating a match. I could see him scoring, passing, and I'm like, and I look at this film and I look at the other team, and they're so weak compared to his level and his team's level. And I'm like, well, that's a problem. So when I invite them to the gym now, all of a sudden, when you have balls being served at 100, they can't pass those serves. Well, no kidding, because they've never been exposed to that high level before. So the performance indicator that I was using on that video versus in the gym with, them, with my team, two different things, okay? I also want to mention, too, that the the skill level things – You know, you never have to feel bad about separating competitive and non-competitive because the reality is a lot of it has to deal with safety too. If you have players who don't have experience playing volleyball and they're trying out for your team, you have to protect the players that do know how to play. And that means for players coming under the net... You know, hitting the net all the time, not knowing the like like they, when they jump, they're jumping on, and their their foot's crossing the line consistently. That's very dangerous. So you got to make sure you 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 factor that in. You protect your players, okay? Uh, one thing I recommend too is if you can have a coach run your tryout, that's that's a great that's a great thing to have. Have a coach run a tryout, okay? Because uh, you can sit back and observe, and uh, that way you can get a better sense of like you know looking at certain things. Okay, let's um let's move on here. Um, but you know what? Though I do have coaches say that I want to run my own tryout because I want the players to get a sense of who I am as a coach, and I understand that too. You just got to make sure that you um, you can run the tryout and assess at the same time, because that's where it gets kind of interesting. Okay, so there are there are two things that you can do. Uh, the two main drills that I would recommend doing in a tryout is one is the butterfly. Uh, very, very, very popular drill. And I have coaches who hate it and I have coaches who love it. I'm a coach who loves it because it can show you the skill set of your athletes that are trying out for your team very easily. Now, the butterfly drill is not a serve and pass drill. Let's just start with that. It's not a serve and pass drill, okay? You're not having them serve the ball over the net. You're having them control the ball above their head. It's a controlled hit. They're not trying to ace them because we want to assess their ability to contact the ball above the head as well as assess their ability to create a platform or pass the ball with their hands. And we can do that with the butterfly. I do that with the butterfly at the college level, the high school level, the club level. It doesn't matter. Yes, we have different variations of the butterfly, absolutely. But the butterfly is easy. So I would write that down. And if you don't know what the butterfly is, Look it up, you can YouTube it, there's probably a ton of videos, Um, but really quickly, the butterfly is just a drill where there is a serving line in position one on one side of the court, there's a serving line in position one on the other side of the court. There is passers out of position five on both sides of the court, and then there are targets in the middle. So the way it works is you serve over the net, the player passes out of five to a target, the target catches and then joins the serving line on the same side in position one, and then they do the same thing, serve, pass, that, and then everyone follows the ball. So after you serve, you become the passer. After you pass, you become the target. After you catch, you then become the server on that same side, and you keep doing this. Now, the reason this is great is because it allows you to assess the fundamentals of the players. You can see who can control the ball. You can see who can create a platform. You can see who can read, etc. Now, when you have two courts, this is great because you can separate them by skill level because, again, if you have players who don't know how to play volleyball versus players who do, it's going to be kind of a boring butterfly drill. Uh, so you want to make sure that you – and we start doing this right away. We'll have the players that are already on our team on one side of the court, on the competitive side, and as soon as we see a player who has good platform, who can, you know, who can contact the ball with their head – and, again, the eye test, you can spot a volleyball player you know who knows to play of the game just by looking at them. As soon as you see that, you put them over on the competitive side, and then you let you let you you know you kind of let everyone else play and see what they can do. Now at the college level, the reality is, if if you're a college program who's established, the reality is is you're not taking a walk on. You know we're not going to be taking walk ons this season. We already have a roster of 19. The only way a player makes our team is if they are and and like an impact player, like a game changer player. That's the only way they they um they make the team. And we have a conversation with certain. Uh, there are certain like we'll have like a hundred players try it for the team, and there are a couple that will get a chance to do to make something. And my you know my friend Coach Wayne Wilkins says it the best, and it's the same conversation I have with them. It you know he 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 says, "I'm about to make you the worst offer ever," <laughs> and he says. You're going to be able to practice with the team. You're going to be treated like you're part of the team. You know, you're going to do the things that we do in, in practice and outside of practice, but you're not going to be able to get a uniform. You're not going to get any gear. You're not going to be on the official roster, and, and you can't sit on the bench or travel with the team because you're not official, but I'm offering you to be able to train with the team, and in the future, you never know where that can lead. That could lead. Maybe something happens and a roster spot opens up. Maybe you're, getting, you're you're training with us, so next year when we guys graduate, you can fill in those spots. You know, you have those conversations. And that's what we do. So that's kind of what tryouts are for. It's for more so practice players that we can develop into potentially varsity players. And there's only a couple of them that make it out of the hundred, anyways. And one other thing we do. That you probably won't get to do at high school or club. Well, high school maybe, but not club, because I think in club you pay to try out, so they're entitled to be there for the the duration of the tryout. Well, you know, we'll have guys like, and and I say it in the tryout presentation too. I say, you know, this is no disrespect, it's nothing personal, but we're gonna ask a lot of players to leave after the first 15 minutes. Because after the first 15 minutes of a butterfly drill, I know. First of all, I know they're not going to make the team. Second of all, I know there's, they're not going to be able to even practice with the team because they're not at, they're not at the level that we're at. So I'll just ask them politely to leave after they do. And, and now, if they're if they're you know if they can't do the skills, but they're like six eight and they could jump because we'll go test their athleticism. Then I'll ask them to stay back because you never know where we can use a six eight. You know, if I have a six eight player who can touch twelve feet, they're making the team. What they're going to do on this team is we're going to be developing them really, really heavily developing them to be a good volleyball player. But, you know, you can't teach height. It's, just something unfortunate. it's unfortunate for 5'10 or 5'7 guys like myself, you can't teach height. So that's kind of what it is. So there's your butterfly. That's how you separate them. That's how you be efficient with that drill. The other drill is, it's a drill I like to call 3 and 3 out But more importantly, it's a 6-on-6 six six drill that is able to assess your player's in multiple different ways. So there's many different ways of doing this, but to keep things simple, I just want you to think about it this way. You have a challenger side and you have a champion side. Six on six volleyball. And then everyone else is off and they enter through the challenging side when the challenging side loses. So six on six volleyball, if the challenger side wins, everybody advances one row, okay? So, like you know, players in the back row advance to the front row. Players in the front row of the challenger side advances to the front row of the of the champion side. Front row of the champion side goes to the back court and the back row players come out and go all the way back to the end of the line. So that's how you, you everyone advances one row. If the challenger side wins, if the champion side wins, they stay; they don't move, and the challenger side rotates out. So the top three, the three front court players come out. Back court players move up, and then um, the three new players come in off the court. So that's it. Simple. Everyone else gets to cycle through. You get to see players multiple different ways. Uh, one thing I would recommend is have designated setters because normally you don't have more than two or three setters trying out for a team. If you do, great. Um, but I would keep the setters on the court always so the offense can can go. And this is great because it gives you a chance where it, since players are advancing, like you think about it in terms of rows, players are advancing every time they win. And then if they win on the champion side, they stay. You get you get a chance to see players multiple different times. Don't do a six on six scrimmage. With the amount of serving errors that are gonna happen and passing errors that are gonna happen, you know, you might have one player that gets like two swings an entire set or an entire try. you don't want that. You want to get them to, you want to get a chance for them to display their talents in many different ways. So do that. Now you can still add an element of serving in if you wanted to, but you know that's up to you to be creative with that drill. Again with this drill, I really recommend having two courts if you can. If you don't have two courts and you only have one court all I would do is I would do different groups based on skill set. So you could have a group one and group two. So group one goes and plays this drill. They do it for five minutes, and then group two goes and does it. And what you can do—the easiest way of doing this—is during the butterfly drill, you can just give players numbers one and two. So when they, you know, what as they're cycling through the drill, you can just say, "Hey, you're number one." Hey, you're a number two, etc. And that way they know their drill. So you can say group one, you're doing this. And then after they do five minutes of it, then group two can come in. Because again, you want to allow them to still try out inter- if they're in like the non-competitive group um, and let them get their reps in because they paid for it. If not, you don't let them play at all. and You just focus on the competitive group and your life becomes a lot easier. So, you know, things like that. That's something to think about. Okay. But you have to have a six on six drill. Um, and it has to be structured in a way where you can get multiple touches and multiple reps. One thing too, when it comes to these drills, by the way, you know, I, I really recommend you not have more than four. You don't need more than four drills when you're doing a tryout. You need a skill-based drill and a game-based drill. That's it. Honestly, that's really it. You might want to throw in like a serving drill potentially to t- assess their serving, but that's really it. You don't really need to do anything more than that. Okay, and then during these drills, coaches, while you're looking at their skills, I want you to also assess their character. I want you to see, you know, how focused are they? Are they being a team player? You know, are they? How are they reacting to errors? How are they reacting to losing points? You know, look at their body language, see how they are, because again, you want to visualize them how they're going to be on your team. Okay, um, and the last thing that I want to mention for for tryouts is. Uh, actually, I want to mention two more things. Second last thing I want to mention is post tryout. I I really really recommend. You know, I had a conversation with coaches on DVA tonight about you know one coach. You know, some coaches were talking about you know posting the list outside the gym door and things like that. I I think that's a little obsolete. Posting lists now. You know, we're in an era right now where conversation, relationships. You know, we want to have a meet. We want to we want to have purpose we want the players to come out and not be demoralized if they didn't make a team we want them to come out and we want to still promote the game of volleyball we want to encourage people to play the game of volleyball so i have a conversation with every single and i remember i mentioned there's 100 athletes that potentially try out for the team i have a conversation with every single athlete now if now first of all let's start with this i have a conversation with every athlete so when they don't make the team i always tell them hey listen before you leave the gym, I want you to come over and have a quick conversation with me before you leave. At the end, at the end of tryouts, and I'll tell them really quickly, "Hey, th- you know, I really appreciate you trying out for the team. Unfortunately, your skill level just isn't there yet, but I encourage you to continue playing and learning." Thank you so much for coming out. That's it. That's like Ten seconds. They say thank you and they go their way. Ten seconds is all it takes. You know, yes. No matter how, no matter what, a, when a player gets cut from a team, they don't feel very good about themselves. It's it's a it's a it's, a tr- it's true. It's a fact. But we can we can minimize that feeling of pain. We can make them give a little hope. You know, we can thank them for coming out. Give them your time. So they can they can go home and say, you know what? At least at least the coach was honest and at least, you know, he had a he had a conversation. I mean, instead of just posting a list outside the gym door for everyone to go and take a look at with their friends. And then when their names are on that list and all their friends' names are on that list, they feel even worse. You know, that's that's tough. You don't want to do that. So have that, okay. For athletes that you want to invite back, um, you want to have a conversation with them after the tryout is over, and after you've to- you've told all the unsuccessful um, athletes that you know thank you. Then you want to have a conversation with the 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 athletes that you're thinking about, and that's going to be a different conversation. That's going to be like in a classroom outside the gym, and you you really want to get a sense of who they are and what their co- and, and how their commitment is. You really want to get a sense of that. You know and there's lots of different questions you can ask, you know, like how would you feel if you got subbed out? How would you feel if you didn't play in certain games, you know, things like that. But you know, it's funny The the one we always ask and you're going to laugh when I tell you this and I kid you not every year we ask these questions and every year there are players who give me an answer that I cannot believe. I will ask a player on a scale of one to 10, how badly do you want to be on this team? And you may be thinking, well, Obviously, the answer is going to be ten or eleven or twelve or hundred or five hundred, right? I will have players give me eight or seven. I have players give me seven out of ten, and I'm just like, "Are do you want to cut yourself? Are you trying to cut yourself?" It 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 blows my mind, and it's an easy, it's an easy cut after that. But it's like you're that is that is a, that is a wrong life lesson answer for you. So, needless to say that they don't end up making the team. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, you want to basically have these conversations with these athletes because you want to get a sense of their character. You want to feel them out, see their body language when they talk to you, see how, how their demeanor is, you know, and, and, and trust your gut. You know, that, that's Honestly, one of the best things, advice advices I can give you as coaches for tryouts is trust your gut. Don't go against your gut because there's a reason you have a gut and there's a reason why your brain is telling you something. Trust it because 9 out of 10 times, it is right. Okay, the last thing I want to say is um, I always get these questions from coaches about some kind of assessment tool. Like, what do I, what do I, is there like a template that they can fill out for tryouts and things like that? Okay. I used to do templates, but then I realized that when you structure a practice properly, like kind of like how I described here, and by the way, there's many different ways of structuring it. I just wanted to give you some ideas and some examples. You don't need a nice template with all the skills. You can check mark and give them grades or numbers or whatever the case is. You don't need to do that because Look at the example that I gave you. We have two courts. You know, when we separate them based on the eye test and, our, and the skill level, I don't need to know the information for the other athletes because I'm not going to be selecting them. So that information, yes, I'm going to have everyone's information regardless because they are they have to fill out something to try for the team. So you can't just show up. You have to fill out something with your name, your email address, and whatever. You know, what? you got to fill out a tryout form. Everyone should have a tryout form. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about an assessment tool here. So after their trial form, everyone has one, but I don't need to know the people who aren't gonna make the team. I need to know the people who are gonna make the team. So all I do is I, I call I call them out of a drill, I'm like, what's your name? Perfect, thanks, that's it. And I can find their email later. What's your name? What's your name? What's your, and I and I make a list on my phone. I just have my phone and I make a list and I call it a day. And and then when I and I have a conversation with everyone anyways, so anytime if I want more information from someone, if I wanna have more of a conversation, I'll have it anyways. So I don't actually, you know, post lists or anything. Players know whether they made the team as soon as they leave the gym or not, um, and after our, our our post-trial conversation. So, and and I don't use a, a, a like a metric, like a, a form to fill out. Now, if you have a hundred, now there is ways you can do this. Like if you have a hundred athletes trying out for for a team, for example, and you want to be more, you know, pen and paper. Well, all you got to do is give them a number. So when they fill out their tryout form, okay, create a Google Sheets and share it with all the coaches that are there to assess the players. When when the players come in and they're filling out their tryout form, or they've maybe they have already filled out the tryout form online, perfect. Create that Google Sheets, and you can just add names to that list as people come to tryouts that are trying out that day and signing that day. And then when the tryout starts, you have a, a live Google Sheet with the name and the player's number that you gave them that practice. I've seen coaches write it on their on their legs. I've seen them uh, tape a, like a white paper with a number on the back and that way you you know what the name is and who the player is and that way when you go to them if you have a conversation with them you can like star them and put their information in and whatever whatever notes you want to make about them that's okay you can do that too that's efficient it works um i just i just find that you don't need to do that but it's it's an option in case you were exploring that route okay so let's just do a quick recap First of all, if you're a DVA member, this entire live training is inside DVA where I, I go into much more detail and I, and I even walk you guys through the drills and show you different variations and things like that. So go take a look at that. If you're not in DVA but you like access to this training in addition to others, go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. The link's in the show notes as well. We talked about the tryout presentation, making sure you do that. Really important, a, a, a brief overview of this: your schedule, your commitment, your expectations, You know what you're looking for in terms of athletes. Um, we talked about the look for so you know character commitment uh, skill uh, skill set um what else uh, uh, athleticism things like that uh, we talked about the fact that you got to consider you know the number of athletes the number of courts you have the skill level remember safety is a factor okay so we're not we're not just breaking them into skill level because yes we are because we want to assess them appropriately and properly but it's also because of safety too um, you want to assess their performance indicators relative to their skill level, okay? Remember, the eye test is your best tool. Looking with your eyes, your eyes are going to, they're not going to deceive you. You're going to know whether or not a player can play or not just based on looking at them, providing you're looking at the right things like the fundamentals that we talked about. So, you know, we talked about the butterfly drill. We talked about the, uh, uh, my, my three and three at wash drill. It's kind of like champion and challenger. <clears throat> we talked about separating the, them in terms of two courts or groups if you only have one court okay? Making sure you're assessing character while they're doing these drills. That's really important. Uh, And then having the post-trial conversation. That's really important. Uh, That's it for me. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, I hope I I got to see more of you in DVA so I can get to connect with you more. Don't forget, DVA Live, if you're listening to this before August 12th and 13th of 2023, DVA Live tickets are for sale. Head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and get more information about that as well. Um, And yeah, That's it. Okay. I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look. Are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out coachbtraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.